This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. And of course, you know, all we all watch the news every day. I mean, you know, that's one of the primary functions of my staff is to watch the news, read articles on uh, on the companies, on every company that we invest in, every company we look at, and watch the economic news of the day, and even the political news, because it drives stock prices. And it's always changing. It's always moving. It's never, you know, it's hard to predict. But uh, it does you know, affect stock prices, so I want to know what it is, what's going on. And so, so that's how we work you know, on a day-to-day basis. I, I know that some people probably come in the office and see my people reading papers and reading uh, articles and magazines and the wet internet probably say, well, what are they doing? Yeah, are they working? Yes, they are. They're, we have to not be knowledgeable on what we're doing and what, what's going on. Anyway, so the variables change every day. And so we have to keep up. So that's how it works. You have to keep up if you're going to manage your money. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I sure hope that you call me as well. I mean, any investing question, anything financial, we'll talk about. So please make the call if you can. If you can't, you can always call our 24-hour listener line number. It's open all the time. We're live right now from the the four to five hour Pacific Coast time. But the number is always available. So if you have a question that comes to mind, just call it and leave it on our message, on on our message board, and we will get to it. I try very hard to get to those calls, all those questions. Anyways, and of course, you do shape the show. You drive it wherever you want it to go. It's not me. I mean, I got things I want to talk about, but if, you know, I, I barely got to a couple of things yesterday because we had a lot of calls. But the calls are what's most important, I think. Most important for you people that, you know, other people like yourselves that have interests, have questions. And, you know, I think it just educates all of us. And, of course, as I mention every day, the goal is always the same, financial freedom for for you individually. And, again, I cannot tell you what your personal financial freedom is. What is that number? How much money do you need to have? How much of investments, whether it's property, stocks, bonds, I don't care what kind of investment it is. How much do you need to have to produce the income that gives you the choice of working or not working? Of working in something you want to do instead of what you have to do. That's what financial freedom is. And we're going to do that by sharing all our success and think independently, not just be a crowd think. I never think that's very good. I don't think so. Now, today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you get there to that financial financial freedom goal. So, But, of course, it takes time. It takes effort. But we can do it. You can get there. People think they can't. No, you can. You just, it just takes effort. We're live right now. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. The phones are open. 888-992-4278. I spent two days in New York last week, as you know. And so I wasn't available here. But, you know, Justin was here. And you can still ask, ask your questions. And uh, a number of people 
took advantage of those two full those were two full days I talked to people all day long and my voice was pretty pretty ragged by the end of that period but it was very interesting it was all about personalized portfolio reviews for people so it was a pretty good trip I really enjoyed my being back in New York I mean it's been years and years that's where I started my career out of college was New York City I have added new dates for these portfolio reviews, and I've told you about them. One's October 10th in San Jose. We still got a slot or two left there. And then the second one in New York is November 7th. So if you want to meet me in New York, you still have that possibility, even though I think I have only one slot open. So you better pick it up if you want to meet with me. I might, I'm considering opening it up for a second day like I did last time. I might do that. Now, remember, these are personalized evaluations. I talk about your portfolios and where you're going and where you are in your financial life. I, of course, talk about our programs, the ones that we have, and, you know, see if they fit for you. If you want us to help manage your funds, be happy to do that. I mean, that's one of my purposes of going there, obviously. But I also like helping people. So... If you, ha- if you want to meet with me, now's the time to register. Go to investtalk.com. It's free. Investtalk.com. My main talking point today concerns this particular headline. 73% of Generation X, may, way, um, Generation X are way behind on retirement planning. 73%. The story you know, rise, raises the question, can Generation X... These are people born, remember, between like 1965 and 1980, Generation X, Gen X. Can they be blamed for this? Falling way behind? Do they? What's the problem? So we're going to talk about that. That's the main talk about. And of course, I've got other interesting topics I want to get to. Um, plan your investments through the next recession whenever it comes. And do it now. Plan it. I want to talk about that a little bit. You don't have to, like, be worried about when the next recession is. Plan for it. Plan for that to happen. And that way you can feel more comfortable when it does happen. And, of course, I can't go through this hour without talking about the new home sales report for August. And I also got to talk about the market, M-A-R-K-I-T, market PMI report, the flash report. And this is for September. September, PMI, the markets, and that's a private company, by the way, not the normal PMI report produced by the government. This is a private company. I need to just touch base on that as well. Those are things we got to get to today. I have to get to these three things or else I'm going to be very upset. Anyways, the market was up today, 163 points on the Dow, 84 points on the NASDAQ, and 18 points on the S&P. You do realize we are rapidly approaching earnings season. The quarter is going to end, what, uh, this weekend, um, Monday? When was it? When's the quarter ending? It, and the quarter ends on Monday. That's the last day of the year, um, of this quarter. So the 1st of October is on Tuesday. So in the month of October is where we're going to get... Um, our earnings season report, remember, earnings season is every quarter, every three months. The companies report their earnings for the most recent quarter. And, every, and you know, we are in a earnings recession, meaning the two quarters before this, 
the earnings were less than they were last year. They were down. Still had earnings. Don't don't misinterpret that. But their turning earnings were less than they were a year ago. For two quarters in a row. That's defined as a recession. Just like a economic recession is defined as two quarters in a row where the GDP shrinks. So anyways, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present we at KPP present this program all five shows every week, Monday through Friday, same hour, live four to five Pacific time. And I hope you'll tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial or explore our podcast library. We have two callers on hold right now. They will be next. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. It is a fast-moving Wednesday. Steve Peasley has returned from his New York listener consultation trip. And you, you are dedicated to achieving financial freedom. Well, you can get Steve's unbiased guidance right now if you call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. You know, I lived in New Jersey when I worked in New York, and we have Bob from New Jersey. How you doing, Bob? Hi, Steve. Um, I had a general mortgage question. I wanted to get your opinion. My wife and I are in a sure. position where we could pay off the balance, and um, I just want to make sure if that's the right idea. We have... Uh, 15-year fixed-rate mortgage of 2.875. We uh, were three years into it, and the balance is 225000 and we're in a position where we could pay the whole thing off. And I'm 45, my wife's 43, and I guess I want to weigh out the pros and cons of doing so. And Okay. Well, the question you're really asking is, what is the best use of my money? Okay, and in my personal circumstance, what's the best use of this money? Is the best use to pay off that mortgage? And you said you're three years into a 15-year mortgage, okay, and you're 45. So you would be, if you paid it off in 15 years, you would be 60 years old if you paid it as scheduled, right? When do you want to retire? I'm looking to retire at 55. At that point, I could collect a pension. And in addition to that, okay. we're, um, we invest about 20% of our money each into uh, a company-sponsored uh, retirement program. Uh, we have a 529 brokerage account, and we have no other debt. Mm-hmm. If I paid off the mortgage okay, that's good. within the next month, it will free up about $2,000 a month. Uh, a month. Yeah, and that's kind of... Cause our, our, so our mortgage can you make... Uh-huh. So can you make, if you took that same amount of money, if you took that same amount of money to pay off the mortgage and invested it in something that's fairly conservative, can you make more, tax, tax, taxes included, can you make enough that it makes it smarter not to pay off the mortgage? Now, don't get me wrong. I love paying off mortgages. And Bob, you need to have that mortgage paid off before you retire. Okay? You can't go into it. Now, some people, you know, if, if it was me, my personal belief is that I probably could make more than my mortgage payment. Therefore, I'm probably going to invest it. But I'm extremely comfortable with the market. You may not be. 
okay? So it goes to not only what's the best use, but your own comfort and risk tolerance. And for instance, if you bought a bond ladder going out five or six years, you can make four and a half, five percent on the money instead of, and therefore, and, but you're paying two point something. But even that two point something, you get some tax write-off on that because of the interest. And But you, if you make the four or five percent, you have to pay taxes on that money. So there's that, you know, is that balance it all? So it's really the best use of the money. And, you know, it's a tough decision because it's personal. But my gut feeling is if you have a 2 point, what was that, 2.35, 15 year? Is, is that what you have, Bob? Yeah. yeah. yeah I probably... I probably would not pay that mortgage off. I hate to say that because everybody's not going to take this and say, hey, he doesn't believe in paying off mortgages. No, I believe strongly in paying off mortgages. But you have such a low interest rate, you probably can make more money if you invest it even in a conservative investment, so not risking it too much. So that's probably what I would do. But again, Bob, this is your personal thing. you got to decide that. Thanks for the call, Bob. Good good thinking, though. Good question. Let's go to Matt Oakland. How you doing, Matt? Hey, pretty good. Uh, love your show. Uh, quick question. I have a friend who invested in the utility company PGE. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Edward. What do you think of that? I mean, they're bankrupt. Okay, right? that, they're in the bottom of the bankruptcy. Yeah, this is P. PG&E, you remember that they were blamed and they were for the fires and burned down the house because, you know, burned down a bunch of houses. And that's why your PE is so low. They stopped their, their, stopped their, uh, their dividend and so on and so forth. If this company survives at, at $10.77, that's a pretty good price because they are going to make money next year. Now, the question is, that's the big roll of the dice. Are they going to file bankruptcy or are they going to survive? And I think they did file bankruptcy, didn't they not? I'm going to have to read this. Yeah, uh, the battle for PG isn't over. Bondholders and wildfire victims propose their own bankruptcy plan. Yeah, so, you know, this, this bankruptcy could wipe out every one of the shareholders. And they could start up a new PG&E with brand new shareholders. So I wouldn't invest in it because that's too uh, too risky for me, Matt. Appreciate the call. On the next Invest Talk, collective home equity has increased at an annual rate of 4.8%. That's pretty good, giving the average homeowner $4,900 in reward. But most people are leaving their gains in the house. In the house. That story tomorrow, by the way. I'm Steve Peasley. The number is 888-99-CHART. We have some important calendar dates for you. First, Steve Peasley is taking reservations for his no-cost portfolio reviews. The next availability will be October 10th in San Jose, and then November 7th in New York City. And the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California on October 12th. That is a Saturday. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 88899 chart. Let's talk to um, Colorado. I'm talking about I want to talk about streaming. How are you doing, Colorado? I'm doing good. How about you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Hey, um, I just got a 
couple of, uh, just a quick question. Uh, I'm a, to be honest, I'm a new investor, I would say. Uh, I was just calling maybe, uh, maybe like two, two big tips for a new investor and maybe, maybe I guess one company to, uh, invest in, I guess, I would say. I don't know. I'm just a uh, big fan. I've been listening for you a couple of weeks now and I uh, just thought I'd give, give you a call. Okay. Appreciate that. For new investors, try not to, to focus on individual stock because you're just brand new and you just don't know how it works. You know, uh, it, it, I know it's difficult. You say, well, gee, this is a great company. Uh, let's take, um, you know, uh, let's take Netflix. That's a good example. Netflix has done so well for so long. Shouldn't I invest in Netflix? That's a great individual stock. And the answer is no. It's too risky. Why? Because, yes, it did very, very well, but now it's attracted, because it's done so well, it's attracted a lot of competition. So Disney and Apple and AT&T are now going to be directly competing with it, with their own streaming service. So, no. So that's why when you first start trying to be, you know, maybe buy index funds and just learn until you build up your portfolio large enough that you can buy a number of stocks instead of one or two. You need 15 to 30 different stocks and diversify. So as a young investor, don't get hung up on individual companies yet. Just learn. It's going to take a while, but you will learn. Brad, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Jim in San Francisco. How you doing, Jim? Uh, pretty good. Real, uh, real quick, tell that last caller to read the book uh, by Benjamin Graham, The Intelligent Investor. That's a good place to start. Oh boy, you, boy, <laughs> that's a difficult book to read. <laughs> you know, that's a hard to start for a new guy. I just, I always recommend one up on Wall Street. <laughs> okay, let me check that out. Go ahead. Here's, here's my, Go ahead, here's my question. I heard today that uh, the home networking uh, uh, industry was going to grow by like five, like five times. You know, uh, your electricity, your, uh, you know. Um, Music, alarm, video. You know any ETFs that track all the these all the digital the, the digital home? You mean? Yeah, the digital. Yeah, home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be that's going to explode. That's going to be a huge industry. It's already a big industry, but it's going to be huge. I think you're. I think I think it will grow. Now, which will be the winners? Will it be Apple? Will it be Amazon? You know they're going to get into a big time, right? We already know that. Right. But who's going to be the winner? That's the difficult time. You know, what what stocks can we pick to, to 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 focus on that kind of industry? But I do like the idea. I really like the idea, Jim. So yeah, I I, th- so I think you keep your eye. Oh, so you, go ahead. So you don't know you don't know of any ETFs because I mean, like you just told the last investor, that's the challenge, right? I mean, a little guy yeah. like us investing. I mean, in a individual company like that is not really smart. Yeah, it's better to try to find a sector that will focus on that. And I guarantee you, there's going to be a sector out there, but I, I don't think there is one right now. Because I keep an eye on that. There I don't we, think there is one that's okay. in that industry Forget. yet. But there will be. So keep your eyes open. Jim, appreciate the call. Good question. Good thinking. Geez, a couple of good thinking questions here, everybody. And even the young guy, the new guy, you know, he's asking the questions. He's not just, you know, going in blindly. I'm not feeling good about the callers. 
Okay, let's take a quick look at the, some benchmarks that we usually talk about every day. The two-year treasury yield at 1.646. The 10-year treasury yield is 1.7. So the nor it's still in a normal relationship where the longer treasury pays more than the shorter one. That should how it always should be. It's in when in that reverses it called inversion where the short pays high shorter rate two-year pays more than the 10-year. That's a problem for the economy down the road, and we had that happen several weeks ago. Gold is priced at 15.35 per ounce, even though the dollar is going up. Gold is holding up pretty good. Dollar is still getting stronger. That's a problem for gold. Oil, $55 a barrel. That was down 2%. Uh, there were higher inventories around the world, 2.4 million more barrels, and it appears as if the missile attack on Saudi oil production was not as bad as first thought. Gasoline, $2.65 per gallon, except here in California where you got to add at least a dollar, most time more than a dollar per gallon. And why? Because we're not very bright. That's why. That's all I can say. 30-year mortgage fixed rate is averaging 4%. That's a little bit higher than it was. Now, this includes factoring folks who do not have pristine credit scores. So, if you have a really good credit score, you can get it below 4 for a 30-year fix. Now, um, okay, um, where's my trivia question for today? Okay, Social Security is a commonly used term for the Federal Old Age Survivors Disability Insurance Program. That's what it's really called, right? You didn't know that, did you? In which year was Social Security established? And what was the average longevity? In other words, the average lifetime, lifetime age of people in the U.S. at the time Social Security was enacted? I'm going to have the answer for you right after this break, and I'm taking all questions now at 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to sunset. Have a question about gold and silver. From dusk till dawn. So I'm wondering what y'all think. The questions keep coming. I have a question about symbol STLD. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Hello, uh, Steve Justin uh, Milani here from Bay Area. This is Curtis from Alabama. Hi, Steve. This is Gary from Massachusetts. Invest Talk listeners have one objective financial freedom your opinion on costco how they get there and when they get there is up to them i have started investing but steve peasley and justin klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance i really enjoy the podcast i think i'm finally starting to understand the the language and, and what to look for thank you very much listen live or download the podcast investtalk.com your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a question. Give me a call and answer anything financial, any questions you might have financial. And before the break, of course, I had a trivia question. And it was, in which year was Social Security established? And what was the average longevity? In other words, the average lifetime age. Uh, lifetime age of people in the U.S. at the time Social Security was enacted. 
And here's the answer. The original Social Security Act was signed into law in 1935. That doesn't mean that's when they first started paying checks out, just so you know. The current version of the Act, as amended, encompasses several social welfare and social insurance programs. In 2018, the Trustees of Social Security Trust Fund reported that the program will become financially insolvent by year 2034. Now, it really won't be insolvent because all they have to do is tax us more, right? I mean, that's really all they have to do. Or increase the longevity or uh, before you can, the age before you can start collecting. They can do lots of different things. And they are probably going to do so. In 1937, over 20 million Social Security cards were issued by post office. The maximum earnings limit to Social Security taxation in 1937 was 17700 So for now, it's, what, $90,000 before you don't have to pay Social Security taxes per year? The first nine, I think that's what it is. The benefits vary depending on person's work history. The more money you make, if you max out that $17,719.37 and about $90,000 today, if you max that out over the years, every year, you'll get a lot more money. But the average is about $1,413 a month. Okay, so you need to do a lot of work to, to achieve financial freedom because $1,400 is not enough money for most of us to live. And just so you know, Today, the average U.S. longevity is the person living, the average men and women combined, is 76.75 years. So, 77 years old. For women, it's 80. For men, it's much younger. So, there's their Social Security stuff. Trivia question. Let's go to Lawrence in Chicago. How you doing, Lawrence? Hey, how you doing? Huge fan of the show. Love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, I had a question for you. Uh, so I actually graduated college about 11 years ago. I still have around twenty two, twenty three thousand 23000 in student loans uh, that's just kind of lingering around. <laughs> um, so I, right. an idea that I had I was thinking of is to maybe take money out of my 401k um, just to kind of get all the loans paid off and, and just to be done with it. Um, but I, I know there's like penalties and things like that. But is that is that a good idea to, to kind of take money from the 401k and just kind of live with the penalties as a result of it? Or, or I guess what, what would be like no. uh, your advice there? No, 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 no. That's not a good okay. idea. Uh, you know, leave okay. that 401k for your retirement. How much is how much is the interest on your on your on your student loans? What are you paying on interest on that? You know, I would say they range between probably five and seven, seven percent, somewhere around. Okay. There. Okay. So you definitely want to put some effort into paying that off because you know, you what you can do if you want to get it paid off quicker is you can cut your four hundred one k contributions in half and pay it down that loan, or pay or cut mm. your contributions to four hundred one k in total to pay down that loan. But don't take money out because that's a te- that's uh, you got to pay taxes and a 10% penalty on the money you take out before retirement age. So I don't want you to do that. That's too that's too that's too expensive. You also can consider taking money out if you have equity in your home. Do you have a home? Yeah, I've owned a home for about Yellow. 4 years now. Yep. Do you have any equity in it? Uh I I, I I mean I pay every month. I'm not really sure like how the home equity you know works exactly. But okay. Yeah, I, I pretty much pay own so. What and what is your mortgage rate on the home? If the mortgage rate is as anything significant above four percent, you can refinance, takes extra money out of the house, 
pay off the loans or as much as you can and just then work on your home mortgage to pay that down because that'll be cheaper money than the 6 or 7% on the student loans. You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to maximize the use of your existing money. I'd have to sit down with you and do the math, and I'd be happy to do that if you want to give me a call in the office and we can go over all the numbers. But, you know, it, it, again, like earlier, it's the best use of your money, and, and the, not, don't take it out of the 401k. That's not the best use of your money. But maybe reducing your contributions might be, or maybe refinancing the house if you have a higher mortgage and you have some equity and, and paying down the loan, the student loans might be. You know, there's certain things that you can consider. Appreciate the call. Good thinking again. That's that you got to think about these things. My main talking point today concerns a, a poll of Generation X. 73% of them are way behind on retirement planning. And what is interesting is they're not too worried about it. You know, they think that that's not that big of a deal. A lot of them think it's not that big of a concern, even though it should be. It should be a big concern. Now, this is a poll, I think it was uh, according to TD Ameritrade. Um, um, and I think it a fairly interesting poll because it's a different thinking. Um, but maybe because they're not close enough to retirement. Maybe that's why they're thinking of it. And it's too bad because the earlier, earlier you put money toward retirement, the more money you'll have because it will compound over a longer period of time. And if you can, if I can get people to think about it in their 20s, and just put some money away in a retirement account. You'll be far better off than if you wait until you're, you know, 40 or 50 years old before you get serious about it. Millennials are much more serious about about it than Generation X, but that might be because might be because they're closer. Yeah, I, I, it's hard, you know, to retirement. It's when you get closer and closer to that number, that age, uh, it becomes more and more important to you. You know, so. I can't, I can't blame them because they probably have a lot of student loans that they work on, just like Lawrence does. Um, so they, yeah, it's a matter of again looking at your income, looking at your expenses, and trying to get to the best point as possible, the best use of that money. What's the best use? You know, and that that takes a little bit of knowledge, and you need to sit down and talk with somebody, and they should do it, help you for free. By the way, they shouldn't be charging you for that. At least in my opinion. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. And obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and opinion, or else you wouldn't be listening to the show. So I can, I really encourage you to subscribe to our KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every Friday. I write it every Friday, and it's about four pages total, uh, maybe three pages four pages total length with a little video of me in the middle of it. Um, and it talks about what's going on in that week and, you know, what has, what we see happening. And I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty. I always have a lot of statistical numbers that came out during the week. And I really, th- it's four parts. I talk about it on Friday, the various sections a little bit. But if you want to order it, go to investtalk.com. You should subscribe. That's investtalk.com. And, you know, it comes out every Friday. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. 
made possible by KPP Financial. For serious investors interested in improving their ability to build financial freedom, we have an important invitation to a new KPP Wealth Management Conference. Earning Yield in a No-Yield World, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks, and Bonds. Speakers will include InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, and they'll be joined by real estate experts and a trust attorney. The October 12th conference in Irvine, California, will cover these topics. Understanding real estate investing, from buy and hold to vacation rentals and land banking. How the trade war and economic trends will affect stocks and bonds. Ways to increase your income potential and defer taxes using trusts. And a lot more. Seating is limited to 50 attendees. Tell your friends the newest KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference is set for October 12th. Learn more and sign up now at investtalk.com. Hey, Steve and Justin. Thanks so much for taking my call, and thank you for everything you do. Love the show. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk for a minute or two on the show about the metric you often use when you're walking through a stock with a listener, uh, revenue to market cap. Most importantly, what does revenue to market cap say about a company? Is it a, a management metric, a valuation, a growth metric? And what are you looking for when you look at that metric and how does it differ from one is industry to another? Thanks so much, and I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Okay, market cap is short for market capitalization or stock stock capitalization, okay? Um, and that, that is a reference to the size the size of something, and for stocks, it's it's nothing more nothing more difficult than the number of shares times the price of the stock. Okay, so the number of shares outstanding and times the price of stock, and it tells you how big the company is. Then sales, you know, you can you can you can talk about sales in a lot of different ways. Sales of the company or the entire stock market, and how that relates to the price earnings ratio and the price to sales ratio and a lot of other metrics. So all these things are kind of related. But if you you know if you're looking for for investors, we refer to market caps as large mega caps, large cap, mid-sized cap, small cap and micro cap. Micro caps are really tiny companies. Mega caps are really, really big companies. You know, Amazon comes to mind and, and Apple and, you know, those, those are mega caps. But a large cap is about $10 billion or higher. Okay. So a mid size is like between, you know, five and four and seven and a half, eight, nine. There's no official number. So don't, don't try to look for one. It's not out there. Now, when you're talking about the size of the company, you have to relate, well, remember, the size is, is, a fa- is a function of the number of shares times the price. But the er- what really matters is the earnings per share. So that's really something, earnings per share, sales per share of a company. Those are important numbers besides profit margins and other factors and debt and all that. But so we always relate in, well, you hear me talk about it. Well, how much money is it making? And you always hear me refer to it as a per share. They make $3 a share. They make $2 a share. They're going to make $4 a share next year. You know, that remember, it's a function of how many shares they have outstanding. 
if they doubled their shares, which they could, they could do a two-for-one split, that means their earnings is now now factored over twice as many shares. So the earnings per share will go down. Right? If you know, so yeah, so it's it's always a matter of relationships with all the numbers. Is it one better than the other? I can't tell you that. That's not how you look at it. What you how you look at it is you. Can, I'll tell you, smaller caps are more risky than larger caps. Doesn't mean larger caps are not risky. They are, but not as risky as the really small companies. And that's the best as you can get to really get and narrow it down. And, you know, it takes a lifetime to learn all this stuff, by the way. Anyways, plan your investments through the next recession. Whenever it comes, people keep talking about, well, the recession's coming. You know, I've talked about it. Of course, a recession, okay, let's be perfectly clear. A recession is coming. But no one knows when exactly. You can get a pretty good idea based on the economic numbers. But why should you stress out about it? You need to plan through the recession, whatever that comes. You, I guarantee you, sometime in your retirement life, you'll have a recession. So just plan it. Well, what do you mean by planning it? Well, if you need this money to support you through retirement, then maybe you should think about income-producing instruments and not worry about the price of the instruments going up or down. Be focused on the income. If you're worried about the value of your portfolio in retirement, then reduce your risk. In other words, your exposure, reduce your exposure to stocks. Plan that before the recession happens and implement your plan. Then when the recession happens, you don't care. So what? You already you already took care of it. You already planned for it. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Okay, don't guess. Don't try to guess. Okay, I'm going to sell now because I think the recession is going to be tomorrow. That's never been a, a successful technique of any kind, trying to time the market. Now, you can, I don't want to, I'm not don't trying to mislead you. You can understand where you are in the economic cycle. You can adjust your portfolio to 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 reflect that uh, reality. But don't try to guess when the market's going to go up or down. That's just too difficult. And you'll never, you'll, you'll, and what worst thing that can happen to you is you can, you might be right one time. Because once you're right one time, you think you're a genius and you keep trying to do it. And actually, most of the times you're going to be wrong. So just plan through it. That's all. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We're coming up in the last segment of the show, everybody. So that means you got to get your calls in. You really got to get your calls in. This is Investalk. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, I have that one goal in mind at all times, and that's for you and me and everybody else to achieve financial freedom. That's what we're working toward. And we'll have 10 more minutes to talk about that. Get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider Program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free InvestTalk Insider program on investtalk.com. On the next InvestTalk, 
Collectively, home equity has increased at an annual rate of 4.8%. But most people are leaving their gains in the house. Why? That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Brandon in Mill Valley. How you doing, Brandon? Uh, I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, CenturyLink doesn't look great in the earnings department, but I've heard about uh, it could be a 5G player, and it's also got a big dividend. Would that be safe or in jeopardy? Okay. Well, it is a $14 billion company, so it's a big cap company. It's pretty big. CenturyLink, everybody, is symbol CTL, provides local exchange, long-distance network access, broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. They make money. They've always made money. They've made money a long time. They're going to make $1.39 this year uh, and $1.38 next year. And the, the issue is, is the sales have shrunk 5% the last two quarters. And hopefully they can turn that around. They're paying a 7.7% dividend right now. And the stock is $12.92. So can they afford that? And the answer is yes, they can. Because $1.38, you know, based on a $12.92, you know, that's that's about 60% of the earnings. And that's, uh, that's, that's called a payout ratio. And I think that's very sustainable. That's 60%. They have a very good cash flow of $5.91. The PE is only nine, and it's actually going to be less than, you know, be about, I guess it was going to be about that much next year. So the only, the only question I have on this whole thing is it has debt, and it, the debt is a pretty big number. And that is the thing that I would research to make sure that that debt isn't going to come back and bite them. But I look in the chart, it looks like they put them in a bo- put in the bottom in May at around uh, $9.50. So I think it looks like a pretty good value play. I think it looks, it's not great because the only, the big negative is that debt number. So, that, but you know, they have great cash flow and it's a pretty solid business. So I think it's a pretty decent pick, Brandon. Thank you very much. And that's CTL, CenturyLink, Inc., everybody. New home sales report for August came out today, and there were 713,000 new homes sold. The expectations was for 660,000. That, by the way, 713,000 is near a 12-year high. That was a much up 7.1%. It was much better than expected. And... If you remember right, we were talking about uh, builder sentiment, and they, it's, builder sentiment was going up one or two ticks in the last month or two. And the question was, why was that happening when when uh, prices were coming down? Well, obviously, they, the sales were going up. Prices might be coming down, but sales were rising. Now, in all of 2017, the rate was 615,000 houses. So we're above that rate this year. Now, mind you, the Case-Shiller Home Price Report, they take 20 metropolitan areas and compare prices. Prices are still going up about 3%, but that's much lower than it was going up. 
How, what is the mortgage rates have fallen? This is one of the big reasons why this is happening. Uh, that the new home sales are selling better. Everybody's got a job. Consumers got jobs, so the mortgage rates coming down, and therefore the houses are more affordable to more people. I'm not saying they're cheap or less expensive or inexpensive. I'm just saying more affordable to more people. And at the same time, we're seeing a little uptick in salaries. So that's a good thing. Now, does that mean we're going to get a little bit of inflation down the road? I, I think we might. I think that's a very very good possibility. And I think it's going to come from wages. Not, not products and services, but wages, wage inflation. Which will, you know, eventually cause, you know, products and services prices to go up. But I think it's about time we had wage inflation. We need some wage inflation. I think it's healthy to have wage inflation. Okay, just not a lot of it. That would not be healthy. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin will be here tomorrow. Is tomorrow already Thursday? Wow. The week goes by fast. I will return Friday to share the highlights from the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. So I'll see you then. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.